So I met Tulsi Gabbard last night, and Gutfeld was stupid crazy. Griff Report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep Jesus. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Griff Report. Live 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep. What up, chat? How y'all feeling? What is it? Happy Tuesday? Happy Tuesday. K Green said, HJ, you were great on Gutfeld last night. Great show. Hey, thanks, man. We're going to take a look at a clip here. You know. We're going to take a look at a clip here on the Tulsi situation. Hold on. Let me check on my rumblers. Um, Fuego de Basarero. We're going to take a look at a clip here on the Tulsi. Uh, Hotep Boulay, what up, man? What up, Amber? Shout out to all my rumblers rumbling. Shout out to all my rumblers rumbling. Um, I got a lot of tabs open. I have a whole lot of tabs open, a lot of information. We're going to rip through this stuff as quickly as humanly possible. However, first, first, I want to make sure that we uh, invite everyone to our super group. We have a super group of individuals who will be participating in an opportunity to. I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you exactly what it is. I'll, I'll line it up exactly for you. OK, so I had the meeting with the team yesterday. I had a meeting with the Syscoin team yesterday on the way to Fox in the in the black truck. You know, we chopping it up. I was chopping it up with them the whole way. And then in the green room, we had a nice long conversation. It was recorded with AI. I got the transcript and everything. Had a great conversation. And we have a couple of situations, right? So one situation is where we have patreon.com slash Hotep's been told you. So we have a Patreon uh, account where me and Uncle Hotep do a second show. So if you love Hotep's been told you, you'll love the Monday night show. Um... So that's on Patreon and that's paid, right? And uh, me and last me and Uncle Hotep last night obviously talked about the Tulsi Gabbard, me meeting Tulsi Gabbard. Had a great time talking about that. Lots of love. Last night's episode was a fucking classic. Um, so yeah, I gotta go get that. So we have the Patreon situation, and we also have the locals information on the locals. I'm dropping all the clips that I put out so you guys can you know, get ahead of my marketing. So you'll have advanced um, access to all of my marketing materials. So I give it to my community first and then they can disperse it. And then I'll disperse it according to our internal schedule. So, so we got the local situation yesterday. I posted up, uh, you know, I think it was four ways. Um, I use AI so I don't burn out and 10 X my productivity. Um, allows me to just be lazy you know i love fucking ai it allows me to be lazy but at the same time i'm a very ambitious person but it allows me to get way more work done it speeds things up it, it, it really rapidly speeds up um your life um and your business 
So I, I put out a tutorial um, and that happened with my YouTube subscribers, my YouTube members. If you're a paying YouTube member, go watch that. It's about a 20 minute video tutorial on how I use ChatGPT to create images uh, because ChatGPT actually doesn't have that feature. Actually, they just got that for. But I show you how to do it with the free version, um, creating prompts for MidJourney. So we talk about that. Um, and it's a community, right? So you guys can post stuff in the locals community, hotepjesus.com slash locals, uh, hotepjesus.locals.com. So we got the Patreon, we got the locals, we got the YouTube supporters, right? And then of course, anybody who's donating to the Hotep Nation mission, a homeschooling, that's a hotepnation.com, right? So we have all these things floating around. Now, the only issue is people are, are giving me this money. Now, what if people had the opportunity to basically bet on me. What if you could bet on Hotep Jesus, right? This is, this is really interesting, right? Now, this isn't how Syscoin describes it, but this is how I describe it, right? So basically what happens is, and, it, and the thing is, you know, I can't, actually, I can't say too much, but all I can say is there is an opportunity for however much money you, you put up on Hotep Jesus. Yes, I get a cut. But you have the opportunity to make money. Okay? You're going to get an ROI. You can get an ROI by betting on me. And you still get the content. I can still post content directly. You'll be a part of a community. All of that. Except you're basically betting on the community growing. Now, here's the caveat. The caveat is we have the Telegram group. If you're in the Telegram group, you have advanced notice to this opportunity because first one in is making the biggest bag. Second is making the next biggest bag, third, fourth, and so on. So you want to get in early, but everybody has an opportunity to make money. And they have, I love how they uh, structured this smart contract. They pro they programmed this smart contract in a very interesting way to make sure that you guys don't maintain um, high amounts of loss on your money. So if you put up a thousand dollars, again, I can't say too much, but you're not going to lose that thousand dollars if you were to lose. And I can't tell you about percentages, but all I'm saying is it's a no brainer. That's all I'll say. From my perspective, it's a no brainer. So if you want to get access to that telegram group in the box and join the shit at the top is a pinned tweet. I have instructions that'll let you know. This is the first set of instructions. Then it'll be a second set of instructions where we get everybody's login. And then the second step, once we set up everybody's login and then you'll become members. So, yeah, a uh, very interesting situation. Hotep's been told you. So um, if you want to be a part of that. I highly suggest you do whatever. Nay. What up, Steph? All right. Let's let's hop into the show, man. Let's talk about the show. Let's talk about the show. Last night I was on. Um, hold on. I was on um, Gutfeld. So we're going to take a look at the clip. Here we go. All right. Hold on. I got to find the part. I think I have it somewhere. Just basically take any. We still have to duel over. Maybe Simon says. Oh, don't ever come paper, scissors again. <laughs> so that's actually closer to the origin. It's not junk sucks at it yeah but Wait, you know i don't think i don't think i can play more than three minutes of this i think fox has like some sort of limits on it so let me just go to my part I, basically what the story is is a historian found out that rock paper scissors originated in brothels 
So like this was some sex work, like sex game type shit. And if you lost, then I guess, you know, you had to do something weird or funky. Never tell her kids to sort out their problems using rock, paper, scissors again. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So, growing up in Hawaii, as you know, we are like a melting pot of ethnicities and cultures from across Asia, the Pacific. So, as a kid, I, I didn't, I'd never heard of rock, paper, scissors. Mm -hmm. For us as kids, it was junk and a po, I can a show, oh, which wow. is the Japanese language uh, version of this. Which what is, is, what are which the words is where again? Junk can a po. Junk? Jung, John uh, can po. That explains it. I can show. So that's actually closer to the origin. It's not junk. Junk? It's not junk. Respect the yeah. language, she, man. She is, she is so setting us up. We're going to pull this in Hawaii. I know. I know. I'm going to get, get my ass kicked yeah. at, a, at a luau. <laughs> Which has always been a dream of mine, Hotop. <laughs> um, this is the whitest conversation I've ever been a part of. <laughs> what the hell was going on in Europe? I don't know, what, man. What year was this? It was the 1700s, which is, okay, if it's the 1700s, does that mean in the 16th century? I always got that confused. You go forward. It originated in China. Oh, and okay. And then moved over to Japan, which is where... Just like COVID. <laughs> <laughs> See how I made that link? I don't know why. <laughs> you know... Uh, you don't like this story at all. You're actually fishing for something in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you want to get out of here. Every, everything I want to say is probably get me canceled, right? <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting over here saying to myself, like, uh, I'd love to play rock, paper, scissors with Tulsi, but is that appropriate? <laughs> I know martial arts for the record. <laughs> oh, I got, I was fishing for the campaign donations. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Kat. Uh, oh man you see the men of water hotep you're a genius hotepjesus.com you see the men of water oh man oh man listen amber said this was the funniest part of the night listen listen i had a great time i had a great 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 time i had a lot of fun yesterday with uh <laughs> with Garfield and them. I had a great time with Tulsi. Um, Tulsi now, now follows me. Oh, this is a real hotel brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. T shout out to Tulsi Gabbard. I just like to say I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. You know, I'm always going to keep it 100 with y'all. Y'all my family and shit. It's the Griff Report. Griff just got to be honest. Talked a lot of shit about Tulsi. Mainly, I said she was an android. That's what I said. I said, there's no way she's a human being. She is absolutely an android. That's what I said. I always said it about her. And then I look at the schedule, right? They send this over to me yesterday morning. Here's what's, you know, here are the special guests and here are the topics. And I look and I see Tulsi Gabbard on the paper. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> That's when I tweeted out, yo, I'm going to be working with Tulsi today. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, whatever. So I get there, I meet Tulsi, I shake her hand, and her handshake is some military handshake. She got a military. I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, I was expecting, you know, a little lady handshake. Nah, she grabbed my shit like, nigga, don't fuck with me. I was like, oh, shit, Android 17 about to blast my ass. <laughs> so, you know, we get out there or whatever, and, um, you know, uh, they, 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 they call your name, right? There's some other details I'm leaving out 
did some details. You got to go watch the Patreon show. I'm not going to leave out those other details that everybody wants. That's on the Patreon show last night. So I walk out. They call your name. It's in a live studio audience. So, you know, it's people, you know, right there in the stands or whatever. So I came out and I did the primetime dance, you know, primetime shit when he scored a touchdown. So I did the primetime shit. Crowd went crazy. Telsey went crazy. She was laughing and shit, having a good time. You know what I mean? So, you know, we bonded on the show. And she's cool, man. She's cool. You know what I mean? Niggas is talking shit, talking about now I'm World Economic Forum and shit. <laughs> I'm Council of Foreign Relations now. <laughs> that shit is funny. That shit is so funny. Um, But no, I had a great time. I had a really great time. Tulsi's cool. She's mad cool. Um, She came prepared. She came prepared. I think she had... um some really great responses to the topics. Some really, really, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was either, it wasn't the first time. The first topic she was on point, but the second one, she said something. I was like, oh, she had a couple of bars in there somewhere. And um, yeah, it was, it was uh, uh, more Malcolm said, nah, you up there shucking and jiving. <laughs> Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Listen, man, let me work. <laughs> Let me work, man. <laughs> Glotep. <laughs> Glotep Jesus. Oh, man. I'm glowing now. Shout out to Guffield. He said HJ Buck dancing with androids. <laughs> I hate y'all. I hate y'all. Oh, Lord. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I had to, I had to, I had to flirt with Tulsi. It was like, it was necessary. Like, you know, it's TV, it's late night TV. Jeff said, I'm still 100% sure she was mad, made in a lab. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they replaced him with a clone. Oh, I'm clone now. <laughs> Yo, Listen. Is TV, is late night TV. I always wanted to be on late night TV. Always, always wanted to be on late night TV. Me and my moms, we used to watch Arsenio Hall and then, you know, whatever else was on late night TV. Me and my moms, we, we bonded over late night TV, you know? And um, it would come on after Living Color and shit all through the summer. So I always wanted to be on late night TV. Then last night, I finally realized I was on late night TV and I didn't have cable, so I couldn't watch it. Damn. Damn. That hurt. That hurt. But, I, you know, I just figured, you know, that's how life is. That's how life is. You know. It's just how life is. You know, it's got it's it's always going to have that duality. You know. So, uh, yeah, I had I so, you know, I was I had to flirt with I had to flirt with Tulsi. I had to flirt with Tulsi. It was TV. It was late night TV. You got to. And and also remember, also remember last night, all the leftist media writers were off strike. So all the shows came back last night. So all the writers came back because for like three months, there was no leftist late night TV. It was just Gutfeld. Gutfeld owned that shit. And then when they came back, you know, um, and I think that's why Fox moved Gutfeld. That was a, it might be a good decision. It might pay off. Get their viewers on a new schedule with Gutfeld. Bring it a little bit earlier. 
um, I think was smart. Uh, and now late night TV, people are adjusting and like, ah, you know, whatever, whatever. And you don't even got to compete even close to that market. Um, so with late night, with, with the left coming back last night, I had to show my ass. I had to show my ass, man. I had to. Uh, BreakingCable.com. Get all the channels for $30 a month. See, Jabari, I'm too cheap, though. I'm so cheap. I can't. I I. Everything, when I tell you everything gets reinvested, every single penny y'all send me gets reinvested. I don't buy anything frivolous. I don't have $30. Hotep Nation got to be built, man. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. The walls of Hotepistan must be erected. Pause, just in case. So, again, had fun last night. I had a lot of fun last night. It was great. Shout out to Gutfeld. Shout out to Greg. He's a great guy. Super funny. Gave me some. I had a question for him. He gave me some great advice. I felt better after he gave me some advice in the green room, man. I had to, you know, you got to pull on the greats. You got to, when you're around great people, don't just hang around and take pictures and shit. Like, you know, like I could have did the whole, hey, Tulsi, can I get a picture thing? No, we don't do that. We're colleagues. Let's work. You know, let's pick each other's brain. Let's build. You know, that's what you want to do when you go in a room full of giants. You know, and uh, I had a question for him. So I picked his brain and got good advice. So that was dope. That was dope. Um, Yeah, I don't do the whole, I don't do the whole, hey, you know, let's take a picture together. Now, if I have my photographer there or videographer, I need drops. We definitely doing drops. Yo, I'm here with Tulsi. You know, maybe I need to fucking bring my videographer next time. Who wants to be my videographer? Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. You want to come and hang out with me at Gutfeld, you can come next time, but you got to film. <clears throat> I'll get you a pass, and you'll be backstage with all of us. Who wants, to, who wants that job? Whoever has the better camera and better editing skills gets the job, obviously. But, you know, maybe somebody else is just, you know, they have a better proposition. You know, maybe they have something else that adds on to value. Hit the like button. Let's get into the show. Hit the like button. Let's get into the show. I don't even know what's in the grift bag. I stuffed it. I stuffed it real well. Stuffed it. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We're talking about. <laughs> this story is funny. This story is so funny. All right, hold on. I'm going to bring this up on the screen. So today we are discussing something that I had discounted originally. I, originally, I discounted this. I just was like. What? What is this lady talking about? And the more I listened, the more enthralled I became. And and then and then I uh there was there was some parts I started to disagree with and she came back to, you know, la la land. But, you know, the meat of this the meat of this was good. Pause. Pause. Let's listen. So this is what did they call it? Racism laundering? Race, this is racism laundering. Is a term you may not have heard of that describes something that I've suspected has been going on for a while now. It's called racism laundering. It describes a practice that happens quite often, both in online spaces and IRL. The idea is you get a black or brown person to peddle your white supremacist talking points as their own and thus use their race as a cleansing agent of sorts to help you avoid any accusations of racism. It's essentially blackfishing with consent. This can happen in a couple of ways. It can be self-directed, a black or brown. So, uh, you know, blackfishing is like this thing where um, white girls get tanned 
like super tanned and then they do their hair crinkly and they come out looking Puerto Rican or some shit like that. They even spray like themselves orange or some shit like that. And then they, you know, LARP as black girls or mixed, you know, they call it black fishing. Um, yeah, I don't know. You can go look into it more from there. A person who sincerely subscribes to conservative ideals can be targeted by right-wing media outlets or political organizations to become a mouthpiece for their white supremacist views. These ultra-right-wing outlets will incentivize a person of color to spew racist ideals. In Why they do my man Lawrence like that? Look how they did my man Lawrence. <laughs> this is some of the stuff I didn't agree with, but let's go color to spew racist ideals in service of their agenda, or it can happen in a more surreptitious way. A scandal at a popular UK paper, The Daily Mail, has exposed an even more sinister form of this practice. Conservative writer Dominique Samuels recently outed the paper for offering to pay her for a quote, ghost-written negative verging on racist piece, which she turned down because it apparently went a bit too far this time. When a commenter asked her about- What year was that? 2021? Okay. It's post-election. Let's remember that. Let's let's bookmark that. Let's earmark that. That's post-election. Let's go. Time when a commenter asked her about whether another piece that she also keep in mind. Remember what I told you. I told you in politics. <clears throat> well, everybody's pretty much a pawn, but black women are definitely. And what what piece on a chessboard would a black woman be? Black women are like bishops. Black women are like bishops. Many of us are pawns. I guess the men would be knights and the women would be bishops. Yeah. So I guess you would have because there's a there's a dark squared bishop and there's a, a white squared bishop. So there's a black bishop and there's a white bishop. So the, the black woman is the black bishop and the white woman is the white bishop. And then the knights are uh, let's call those men. You got black men and white men. And that's sort of how they're using us on the chessboard. I just put that together. That was that's pretty interesting. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. But it, I don't know if you guys know this, but in chess, a bishop pair is supreme. Like a bishop pair is really strong, especially when the pawns are going off the board and they can shoot through diagonals. Um, a bishop pair is stronger than a knight. First, a knight versus bishop is not as strong as a bishop pair right so or a bishop pair versus two knights and a lot of this is contingent upon the position and how many pawns are in the center of the board and all of that but for the most part and and that and that relates to life too where white women and black women are these bishops that they're using on a chessboard to like coordinate and it happens on both sides this isn't just this is a bipartisan effort to use people as chess pieces all right let's go back too far this time when a commenter asked her about whether another piece that she had supposedly written that attempted to downplay racism against Meghan Markle was also ghostwritten. She simply responded, yeah, it was. Commenters who are- Ooh, did you hear that? Her about whether another piece that she had supposedly written that attempted to downplay racism against Meghan Markle was also ghostwritten. She simply responded, 
Yeah, it was. Commenters who are familiar with the Daily Mail's content immediately started to question how far-reaching the practice was, considering that the Daily Mail regularly publishes content by several black conservative writers. This racism laundering seems to play into a larger phenomenon of influence peddling that seems to be much more common than it used to be. The practice of black and brown talking heads, commentators, politicians, and operatives essentially selling their minority status to- I don't know why they put uh, Pastor Darrell Scott up there. He didn't deserve to be up there either. That was that wasn't a good look. Like I disagree with this. Pastor Darrell Scott is cool. You, 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 they could have left him out. I can't even get him on the screen. See, I can't even pause on him. That's how you know he wasn't supposed to be there. I can't see that. Politicians and operatives essentially selling their minority status to the highest bidder. I'm sure they see it as a winning strategy. You announce yourself as being amenable to discussing issues from a decidedly conservative, even borderline racist point of view, and you instantly become a hot commodity to the right. There hey, man. All things said, this shit's true, bro. All things said, this shit's true, bro. I, I just want to rewind that. And a lot of people have been talking about this. Sonny been talking about this. I used to talk about this. I don't talk about it much anymore. Nah, I'm lying. I always talk about it. <laughs> Announce yourself as being amenable to discussing issues from a decidedly conservative, even borderline racist point of view, and you instantly become a hot commodity to the right. Remember, yo, remember I told y'all if you a black man and you castigate black people, it's a check for you. It's a check for you. You got to be a a white you got to be a, a black savior to white people on the right if you're that but you got to castigate black people they're always in need of black and brown voices to communicate messaging that might come off as racist if it were known to be coming from a white person yep. and there's the added benefit of pulling more black and brown people into the fold by showing them someone who looks like them who thumbs their nose in the face of the liberal left now that that doesn't work though that's the thing this this strategy that she's talking about here actually doesn't work they actually don't bring more black people over um they do spread messaging though that does influence um the the sphere of of the black mind they now get to be the mavericks, the elite, the chosen few who really get it. Racism laundering may not always happen as blatantly as it did with the Daily Mail, but the practice is alive and well. Once you're aware of it, you'll start to recognize the... Now, the thing is, I pointed out that this was post-election. That article I showed you before was 2021. And really what happens is in chess, sometimes to win the position, to win the game, you sacrifice a piece, right? So... Elections are done. The race card is no longer relevant. Right. So you even had many of the black women on the left. Right. So the many of the black women on the left and even black men on the left were talking about how, the, you know, in a nutshell, the money was drying up. They, they weren't being called to speak about inclusion as much as they were prior to 2020 when the election season was hot and everybody wanted to talk race up because it was Biden versus Trump. So they use black people as a pawns and they use black people as uh, bishops and knights. Um, so, you know, here she is. Um, being sacrificed. They, they'll sacrifice her and say, all right, you are no longer rev relevant. Elections are over. And this election, we're not going that route. Like the right clearly isn't going the race route. The right, the right has given up on the race route. 
and um, checks are being cut in a, in a different way. So the money has dried up for black conservatives and the money has dried up for black liberals. The race card is not on the menu um, this election cycle. Now, with that being said, it doesn't mean the left might not try something last minute because they will hit the, the Black Lives Matter button in the heat of summer. There'll be a viral video of a cop and they'll they'll hit that button. So next summer, look out and see if that Black Lives Matter button gets pushed. They'll push that button. It'll be a viral video of a white cop doing something to somebody black. Maybe it's a black woman. And then, boom, uh, race becomes relevant again. And maybe the checks start flowing um, in the short term. But again, this isn't a thing. And, and this is what where I disagree with her is this lady is this is a bipartisan issue. This is not <laughs> a exclusive right wing thing. In fact, I would say the left had been cutting checks much bigger and fatter and longer than the right. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. But they don't talk about that. They want to talk about the. See, they think that you can only be a coon on the right. And the truth is the true coons were on the left. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. That's the truth. And I think the difference is the right wing coons are witting coons. And the left-wing coons, are, many are unwitting coons. Like, they actually think they're doing something good for the black community with their rhetoric. And really what they're doing is they're digging a hole. Black conservatives are kind of just laughing at them and, and just talking shit about the situation. They're the person that, like, you know, um, you know, the kids playing around the house, they break mama's vase. And everybody trying to figure out what to do. And you got the one sibling sitting there just laughing at the situation, not trying to help nothing. That's the black conservative. Like, ah, look, look what y'all did. Y'all suck. Ah, you know, that's that's their role. And and but the leftists, they 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 believe that what they're doing is for good. They think it's good what they're doing. But, you know, I prefer the black conservative because I'd rather you laugh at my pain and make my pain worse, actively work to make my pain worse. And the left unwitting, they, they don't know that they're, they, they believe in that communist socialist shit. They believe in that rhetoric about, um, you know, taxes for big corporations. They believe in um, minimum wage, which is one of the most minimum wage. I almost said racist, but minimum wage is the most classist um, weapon. It's a, it's an it's an anti middle class weapon, anti middle class, but it's really to turn the middle class into the lower class or prevent them from becoming upper class. And and it's also a strike by proxy on the lower class. Minimum wage is 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 terrible. The true minimum wage is zero. Thomas Sowell got that right. The true minimum wage is zero. And what many people don't know is that they scream about racism, right? Oh, racism, white supremacy, Jim Crow. You know what came with Jim Crow? Minimum wage. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Minimum wage. You know what came to apartheid South Africa? Oh, see, now you're going to make me open up the googies. 
Now I gotta open up the Googies. Let's type in apartheid uh, South Africa minimum minimum wage history. But I can't actually. I take I take this back. I'm gonna do two searches. Uh, I just did one on Google and I already don't like my search results. So I'm going to go to Yandex. You always got to go to the Russians when you want information. If you want information on, on where you are, go ask the enemy. Um, so in apartheid South Africa, I'll speak while I look for this. They installed minimum wage because... What they found was white people started hiring black people because black people were cheaper labor. So the white man said, we don't want them to have any jobs because the white man got to compete with the cheap labor. So they installed minimum wage. This might not even be something I could. Here we go. Found it. Found it. Thank you, Yandex. Yeah, I love I fucking love Russia. There you go. Okay, so it says right here, the Minimum Wage Act of 1925. The Minimum Wage Act, the Minimum Wages Act of 1925. It says, this act leads to a form of job reservation and promotes white employment. This is 1925. This is, so, Bolshevik Revolution is when? 1913? Bolshevik revolution. Let's see. 1917 19 to 1923 is the Bolshevik revolution. So two years off the Bolshevik revolution. This is socialism, right? Communism. You get the minimum wages act, right? So South Africa goes, Oh, we like that fucking minimum wage idea. Now I don't know for certain that they got this from the communists, but I'm going to assume that they go, wait, we can use that. And they use this and it says certain trades are earmarked for whites. So they couldn't have this type of employment. I just shattered communism. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotep, Jesus. From memory, from memory. That's why you got to get your master focus for memory. You got to be on point out here, man. You see this? The Minimum Wages Act of 1925. So you have a black leftist, the bishop on a chessboard, the black bishop on a chessboard. Asking for minimum wage. Meanwhile, she don't even know that's a, and they use this term, white supremacy. That's a white supremacist ideal. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotep, Jesus. Oh my God, these niggas is dumb. All oh, these motherfuckers is dumb. They dumb. Matt Earth Theory said the left is sneaky. Jeff Kerr said they won't push it because they want Trump to win. Correct. 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 It's in the Constitution. So minimum wage. You want to talk about racism? Minimum wage is a racist, has a racist history. Has a racist history. <laughs> right? This is why these leftists won't debate me. This is why they won't debate me. Because I study economics. I don't study emotions. I don't have to study emotions because I know emotions. 
I'm an empathetic human being. If there's one thing I know, it's emotions. So I already know that aspect. In fact, we all know emotions. We're all people. We all have feelings. We all know emotions. This isn't something that's just unique to me. We all have emotions. We're humans. That's what makes us humans, emotions. That's what makes us living human beings. That's what makes us mammals. Mammals have emotions. But when we get down to the nitty gritty, economics, we got to study that stuff. You know? And uh, I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you exactly where I found this out. I was listening to Walter E. Williams. Walter E. Williams is one of the great, great proponents of free market capitalism. Uh, and he's the one that put me up on the, the racist um, minimum wage acts of South Africa. He's the one. So, and these are the black people that they discount. They, so they call them the coons. They're not the coons. They're not the coons. They're just looking at a whole entire different genre. See, what, what happens is people want to talk about emotions. What's good, what's bad, what's moral, and what's right. And then there's other people that are working on scientific things like economics. So this scientific theory is much different because it doesn't involve emotions. It just involves mechanics, levers. Things go up and things go down. Goods, supply goods go up and they go down. Supply of resources and capital, all these things go up and they go down. Interest rates go up and they go down, right? So there's a lot of things happening here. But this is scientific, this is not emotional. And the issue is we're talking about a scientific topic while they want to talk about an emotional topic. And it's just like, well, which which conversation do you want to have? Right. Because you want to talk about what capitalism has done. We know what capitalism has done. Not much. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. And this is this is why I killed the communists. Capitalism hasn't done much. Why? Because capitalism has been choked out at every opportunity. At every opportunity. King George told the colonies, he said, yo, y'all going to stop printing y'all money. Y'all over there printing fiat notes. Y'all know that whole story. Go get my book, Patriot Report, Unmasking the Conspiracy of Money and War. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Get that at hotepjesus.com. You know. But King George told the colonies, no more printing that script. Don't print that script. Then he fought. They fought over that. That's what the Revolutionary War was about. People would tell you it was over taxes. No, nah, it wasn't over taxes. The taxes was about 1-2%. Again, that's in my book, The Patriot Report, Unmasking the Conspiracy of Money and War. About 1-2%. They fought over the fact of printing money. And we're going to talk about printing money in, in about a minute because I'm done with this topic. Um... We're going to talk about printing money in a minute, but that's what the argument was. It was over printing money. That's what the war was about. It was about printing money. So we talking money, but we talking capitalism versus socialism. And all I see is socialism leeching off of capitalism and not allowing it to breathe. It's like a parasite. You know, socialism can't exist without capitalism. It can't. Where are you going to get your resources from? If you if there is no rich, 
Who do you take from then? He's a dumbass. He's a dumbass. It's theft. It's theft. It's it's uh, extortion. It's definitely extortion, you know, the way the government operates. But what about the fact there was no income tax? Mo Facts in the chat. What up, Mo? No income tax? You know? Anyway, let's get into the science. Like I said, I like talking about the science of things. So let's get into the science. But this is why they won't. This is why they won't. They won't talk to me. Because I'll be speaking that real. I'm getting in on the science, man. Y'all could talk about emotions all y'all want. I, I know what the emotions feel like. I'm black, nigga. I know what the emotions feel like, nigga. Now let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we going to do. And every time I talk about what you're going to do, they, oh, he's a black capitalist. He's a black capitalist. Oh, here y'all go. Y'all have been brainwashed into enjoying the fucking system that has brought us the most detriment. It's the thing, like, again, when we look at the Great Depression, the Great Depression was racist. <laughs> you want to talk, let's just, if I was to be a leftist, like a true leftist, the Great Depression was racist. Right? It destroyed so many families. And obviously it was a class act. It was a class, it was a class terror, class terrorist attack by the money masters. So white people were affected by this too, but it, it entirely destroyed the black community. Black community was printing their own script. That's another thing they don't talk about. The black community was printing their own script, had their own money. It's the things they don't talk about, right? So when you got people um, printing their own script and people don't like the competition, they create laws. They create laws to prevent that. And that's what we have today. We have all the various laws, FTSC, SEC, all these different places. Right? So the Fed gets a monopoly on the money. They control the money. Right? So now the Fed controls the money. Is that capitalism? It's not capitalism. Capitalism doesn't deal in monopolies. If there's a monopoly under capitalism, there's no government inf interference. If there's government interference, then that's not a true monopoly. That's just fucking cheating. That's just, you know, it's, it's, it's gangsterism. It's cartelization. That's what it is. Which is fine, whatever, that's the game people have been playing for centuries and in a millennia. That's the game that's been played on this planet for, you know, several millennia now. You know, that's not a new thing. It's not a, a, a uniquely white thing. You know, so that's why I don't agree with the whole white supremacist thing. Whoever's on top is supreme, right? You know what I mean? Pause. Um So yeah, so they 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 think of they they, they speak of this thing of capitalism. As if it, it has even had a chance to live. It hasn't had a chance to live. It hasn't had a chance to flourish. Maynard Keynes ruined it. Fed ruined it. But the Great Depression, I mean, the Great Depression wiped out many homes. And then what else killed uh, the black community that's socialist? Obviously, you know, no daddy at home bill. The no daddy at home bill. What's that one called, chat? The no daddy at home bill. That one was um, 
government assistance to women with children. Better make sure daddy not home when the lady come around. If he here, you ain't getting his government assistance. Let's go to the science. Shout out to SysCoin. We're going into our SysCoin. Big brain topic of the day. We got a couple of things to talk about. We're going to go over the tech stuff first. The tech stuff relates to the CBDC conversation. You'll notice in just a minute here. Um, the UAE introducing a, a, a stable coin, or, or I should say um, a, a UAE-backed stable coin. Let's just, let's just call it that, right? It's not an official, it's not an official CBDC. It's not an official CBDC. Now, also keep in mind, if you subscribe to my logos, if you subscribe to my YouTube, I'll tell you how I do my research. I'm going to do another video on how I do my research for the show, which is very interesting. It allows me to do it very quickly and rapidly without very, with very little effort. Um, so yeah, the UAE, right? Um, and that's without using AI, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about AI in that as well. Um, cause there's some things you can do with AI to make this process a lot faster, but the meat of what makes it a lot faster is I'll show you, you guys are going to love me after that. So subscribe to the locals, hotepjesus.locals.com and the, and the YouTube. So the UAE stable coin is, um, fascinating thing. It says aims to provide stability for individuals in high inflation currencies and serve as an alternative to the SWIFT system. So UAE got their own little crypto coin. Crypto coin coming. Backed by their assets. United Arab Emirates. But it's not like an official CBDC, which makes it interesting. We'll have to think about this one a little bit more. But this one, this one very, very much intrigued me. Um, also, Visa plans to invest $100 million in companies working on generative AI technologies that impact commerce and payments. So anything dealing with payments, obviously that's their lane. So they're investing hundred million. The investments will be made through Visa Ventures, the company's corporate investment arm. So, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when you think of uh, launching a company, you want to go where the money goes, right? Like what are the VCs throwing money at? And let me get an idea there because if they're throwing this type of money, that basically what they're looking for is, um, you know, billion dollar companies. They're looking for billion dollar companies. So if you have a billion dollar idea, then you know, put money behind it. Uh, and you better have a POC, proof of concept. Does not stand for person of color. POC stands for proof of concept. Let's be clear. Uh, Spotify is reportedly working on AI powered playlists that users can create using prompts. References found in the app's code suggest the development of AI playlists and playlists based on your prompts. Now that's very interesting. That's, 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 uh, cause what if you said something like this, right? Like, cause I, 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 I use AI and so the first thing I did was I was like, what kind of prompt would I use to create a playlist? And I would say something like, make me a workout playlist with, uh, high tempo beats with Kanye West, um, you know, and just listed a bunch of artists, right? Tupac, Biggie, you know, I throw some Method Man and Red Man in there and see what the playlist give me. That should be fire. That should be fire. Um, so again, that's going to, that's going to 
change the pace of life. AI is going to change the pace of life. I read something today and uh, when I was looking at the AI stuff, they said that um, AI is going to make it so that people live to 100 years old and um, their workload will be decreased by 25%. And that is true. I, I do believe that. Everybody's going to be using AI to do their jobs and you're going to have, life is going to be easier, which is very funny because many of you are like AI apprehensive. And especially if you're young and you're AI app apprehensive, it's like kind of weird. Or if you're just AI lazy, like you just haven't gone in and you're not doing anything with your life. Like it's just really weird to me because we're like a year away, if not already, where your, 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 your um, job description better have AI in it because they're going to require it's you know the job description is basically going to say um you know must know how to use chat gpt bard and you know whatever whatever other technologies right it's just how it's going to be um and everybody's going to have their own internal versions of these because of proprietary information um and you know people will license that technology out to you know various companies um, which is a, a really dope idea for Syscoin as well. Uh, but AI is definitely going to uh, make our lives better and easier. However, um, I think the danger with AI lies in regulation. And they're already talking about regulating AI. Um, and basically, um, what I'm afraid is going to happen is they're going to spike the price on AI and, and, and raise the barrier because if people ever get ambitious, they'll start using AI to become more productive individuals in their lives. And um, I think, again, when you don't want competition, uh, you know, you raise, you raise the fence. You're like, you know, let's raise the wall a little bit and make them climb over this. And if they don't want to climb over this or figure out if they can't climb over this, they haven't figured out a way to climb over this or not ambitious enough to try to climb over this, then that's less people that, you know, enter the next class. And that's really what it's about. It's about raising these barriers. Um, and it's, it's, it's very much a test of the ambitions, people with ambition and people without ambition, right? Like, like I say, you know, although the Illuminati lizard men put many barriers in front of us, uh, if you have ambition, you know, it's not like you can't hop over them, but they, they, you have to, the higher they raise it, the more ambition you need, the more belief, the more resilient you need to be, you know? And I think that process is what makes somebody a man. That process is what galvanizes you into being a godlike human being. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. All right, so that's my diatribe on that. I don't even know where I went or how I got on that. That was just flow. All right, let's go back in the bag. We got to do our, our daily C, uh, CBDC update. Now I want you to take a look at this. I want you to take a look at this, right? And then we're going to come back to that. Remember, I told you we're going to come back to that. All right, daily CBDC update of the day. Shout out to Syscoin for the CBDC update of the day. <sighs> Argentina elections argue over currencies. Sergio Massa, leading presidential candidate, allegedly, plans to launch a digital peso. CBDC, Javier Malay advocates for scrapping the peso and adopting, adopting a dollarized economy. Others argue for Bitcoin. Right. So I had another tweet that I put out this morning, you know, because while I was researching, I was like, I saw this and I was like, oh, my God. So I, I put this tweet out this morning and it said, um, 
In Argentinian elections, they're arguing over which currency the country should use. In American elections, they're arguing over which bathroom to use. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. And this goes back to my rant earlier. That's why I said all this stuff links up, right? So going back to my rant earlier where, you know, the black leftists are crying about racism. And I'm like, do you realize that the most important topic we need to be talking about is this money? And then we look at, you know, the right and the shit that they talk about. I'm like, y'all ain't talking about this money. You know, nobody's talking about this money. But they are in Argentina. That's like a primary concern for their country. And obviously it's because they're dealing with hyperinflation. Irresponsible with the books. Probably had some dealings with the IMF. I wonder how much loans the IMF gave Argentina. Let's see how much loans IMF gave Argentina. IMF loans to Argentina. Let's see. Damn. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord. That's a small fortune. So IMF board completed today the fifth and sixth reviews of Argentina's 30-month extended fund facility. The board's decision enables an immediate disbursement around $7.5 billion. So that's on top of whatever they just got. Um, and they got a loan here from Qatar. It says, did Argentina get a $775 million loan from Qatar to repay the IMF? <laughs> U.S. firm, da 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 where they have the state of Qatar provide a loan to Argentina, which will use the proceeds. Okay, this is August 25th, 2023. Right. Remember, I, I, um, I did several um, presentations. I mean, this is what we talk about on this channel, right? You talk about money. So remember the, the IMF and um, this image that they like to portray, like they're so great. And all they do is fuck shit up. Um, so, damn, I'm like, it's so much here. I, you know, where do I even start? Um, okay, so. IMF comes in, proposes a loan, right? Now let's go back up to the top. We're going to come back to the Qatar situation, right? So what does this say? This says 30-month extension. So that what they're doing, they're, they're notorious for these extensions, right? However, when they do these extensions, the extensions come with more money, right? So they actually add more to your principal, Right. This is some crazy, crazy. And they keep extending this shit because this shit is a fucking game, bro. Because what happens is there are other speculators and they're basically like, because, again, even though this is like a liability, it's also an asset to people who stake on this shit. So the people who stake on this shit are basically, you know, able to create wealth um, while these loans are, you know, you know, uh, existing while they're, while they're still not satisfied. Right. And they're moving this, they're moving these bonds and monies around and whatnot. And everybody's getting rich off of them. And then when it comes time to pay, whoever is caught holding the bag would lose. Right. So it, it, you know, it's like, um, you know, you get in first and the second guy, you sell to the second guy and the third guy, da, 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 da. but if you're last, you lose. Right. So what they do is they make it so that them and their friends never lose. So what they do is they extend it and add on more money. Keep the game going right now. So what happens is Argentina's like, yo, 
these motherfucking IMF motherfuckers are crazy, yo. They always coming at you. Look, we got to pay them back some way, somehow. So, boom, what happens? Now they come to find out U.S. firm, White and Case LLP and Marvel O'Farrell, Mayrell and Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires have helped the state of Qatar provide a $775 million loan to Argentina, which will use the proceeds to make repayments on an existing loan it has with the IMF. So they're like, yo, I don't want no more money from the IMF. Every time we deal with them, we go into more and more debt. Inflation is through the roof. Right. So they went to Qatar like Qatar. We need some help. Qatar, we need some help. Let's type in Argentina hyperinflation. Let's see what comes up. Hyperinflation 2023. You'll see articles here. Uh, the annual inflation rate in Argentina is expected to average 107 percent in 2023. All right. So <laughs> this is what happens when you play with the IMF. OK, this is how this is. This is this is called colonization. This is colonization right here. Colonization comes in the form of loans. Right. All right. Anyway, let's go back. So now we got to go back to my CBDC update. Right. So their elections are about this. Right. And we're going to have a similar argument here in America. We're going to experience a form of hyperinflation and they're going to move us to the CBDC. All right. Next, Russia domestic firms expected to use and we're going to go to the phone lines. Text Hotep in your name at 202-596-5631, 202-596-5631. Text Hotep in your name to that number and we're going to go to the phone lines. Try to keep it short and sweet when you call in, please. Short and sweet. Say what you got to say. Ask your questions. Get in, get out so we can get everybody in there. Pause. Um, 202-596-5631. Somebody popped the number in the chat too. appreciate y'all. All right. So uh, Russian domestic firms expected to use digital ruble in Latin America by 2025, according to Anatoly Aksakov, right? Chairman of the State Duma Committee on the Financial Markets. Aksakov urges closer collaboration between Latin America, central bankers and Moscow on CBD related matters. Now, look at how all this shit links up. Right. So Argentina's having money issues. Right. And Russia's like, damn. Our CBDC, our digital ruble is not going to be ready for another two years. But what we're looking at is we're looking at Latin America. So their eyes are on Latin America. Right. And we know Argentina's in the regions close to there, at least. Right. Um, but also South America. But also let's come back. Remember, we were talking about our, our tech update, the UAE. Right. So the UAE stable coin. What are they trying to do? They said provide stability for individuals in high inflation currencies. I'm sorry, in high inflation countries, right? So that's Nigeria, that's South America, that's Latin America, right? All of that, right? So um, you got the UAE and you got Russia coming right in our backyard via the CBDC, via stable coins, digital ruble, you know, and the UAE. I forget what the UAE coin is what it's called. Um, I'll look that up at a later time and, and, and bookmark that in my mind. All right, last story, then we go to the phone lines. Euro area central banks plan to introduce wholesale CBDC to enhance settlement processes for securities and foreign exchange transactions. Plans are progressing faster than retail CBDC meant for ordinary citizens, which has faced privacy and commercial bank related concerns from lawmakers. Okay. Um, so, uh, these are the European central banks and basically what they're looking at 
is um, a wholesale CBDC, and that's prep. That's prep. You, you got to have that before you have a retail CBDC. You got to do B2B before you do B2C. You got to have all of that, you know, because they're going to be settling, right? They're going to be making settlements between um, different uh, wallets or accounts or silos or um, partitions because the regulated um, regulated liability network in their network, they call them partitions. So, you know, however you decide to settle and then also making it so that there's interoperability uh, so they can do interbank transactions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and also international, right? Cross border. They want to do cross border transactions more importantly. So yeah, wild shit happening in the world of money around the world. Let's go to the phone lines, 202-596-5631. And I'll be back right after this short, brief commercial break. 